Hello and welcome back to XP Waste, where I can now hold four runes at once. I'm Michael. And I am Oxy. If you're new around here, what's going on, new friend? We're a podcast that talks almost entirely about old school RuneScape. I'd say we're a good like 96.2% old school RuneScape, probably like 2.8% anything else, and then like... I don't know what percentage is remaining. One percent, one percent, really bad at math. One uh, percent, just handsome. So welcome. You're in. You're in the right place for new old school RuneScape content. If you're not new around here, I already know people are gonna be flaming me if I get that math wrong, which I'm almost a hundred percent certain I did. And that's basic basic arithmetic. So I don't even have any. Uh, I don't even have any excuses. But TOA came out this week, and it's been fun as hell. So welcome back. We're going to talk a lot about it. Michael, how have you been this week? I've been pretty good. Pretty good. Sent a fair few raids, just like I know that you have. We're going to talk a lot about raids, so I'm going to try and avoid that in my weekly recap because I've done a little bit extra. I got 94 agility, cranking it out. So I'm keeping track just for my own curiosity. And I got to 93 on August 20th, and then I got to 94 on August 27th. That's, a, that's one week. And that was also with me doing like eight hours of raids on day one. So I could have got it way sooner, but I'm just cranking it out. Um, and right now I'm nearly, and you're just like 800K till 95. So I'll probably get maybe a little over 100k xp while we record which is great but i found a new like a new rhythm i guess because i was talking to my dad like a week and a half ago and he was just asking like had i seen any new shows lately i was like no not really he's like the orville is now on disney plus i was like oh i remember that show i used to watch it on hulu i fell off watching it or i finished the seasons i don't remember but i uh I started it over again, and that's been like my nightly routine. Whenever my wife is off doing whatever she wants, like I'll just go in, watch the Orville, click, click, click at agility, and I don't know. I can bust out like two to three hours and not really notice that I just did three hours of agility. So I think that's how I was able to do it in a week. So it's it's been fantastic, and I say it all the time, but like. You have the itch, scratch it. Like, I don't really have the desire to do any other skill at this point. So I might just get 98 agility, stop there, and then get the other ones up to 98. But it's just, every day I look at that, like, I look at my skills tab, and I think, can I be satisfied stopping at 98 and then spending weeks, months, whatever, doing other skills and not having that satisfaction of just being done? I don't know. I really don't know. I might not do the whole like 98s and then get a 99 at the end. I might, I'm going to leave it open. I'm going to leave it open. I'm going to get to 98 agility and see how I feel. And then from there decide if I can, if I can hold out till like 98 or yeah, 98 hunter, 98 thieving, and then 98 slayer. But most likely if I don't hold out 99 slayer will be my last one. Yeah. It's been a good week. It's been a good week. How about you? 
there are two elephants in the room uh, this week. Normally, there's only one whenever I give a weekly update, but this week, I suppose there are two. So to get the first one out of the way, once again, still no cape. Uh, I only sent one attempt this week, and it's, you're going to be shocked to find out why. Uh, I made it to wave 24 and uh, and died and was like, well, this is stupid. I'm going back to the tomb. Uh, I had all escape stuff, so I had like Tebow's, all right, Vams, uh, just because oh. he was like out of, he was like going to be at work and like not feeling well. So he loaned me his stuff for a couple of days. And I'm like, what if I just sent a sneaky Tebow Inferno? I don't even think I used the Tebow before I planked. And I'm like, yep, not worth it. So I'm like, I, I'm not having fun doing this, and I'm having a blast with TOA. So the other mm. elephant in the room is that I've been doing a literal shitload of TOA. And just like Michael said, we're going to save it because that's probably what we're going to talk about in the main title content. But yes, lots of Tombs of a Mascot. In other news this past week... but. Um, at COA. I mean, they're not, not fun, but again, we'll get into it. So in time, I'm sure, uh, it's going to happen by the end of the year. Again, I'm not, uh, that's a dangerous statement from last year. I understand that, but I'm compared to where I was this time last year. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty certain. It's just, I just need the run at this point. Yeah. And I, I know it's getting serious again, because last night I had a really bad Inferno nightmare, like really mm. bad. Like I was at Zuck and the sets were spawning, but there was no ranger after Jad. The ranger just wasn't spawning. Yeah. So I was able to fully pray, and it was awesome. But the shield was moving like four tiles a tick. It was moving like faster than players could run. So I was like oh, tanking no. Zuck hits, trying to keep up with the shield. And I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. Why is it? I'm like, why is this what's happening uh, post Jad? This is this is bullshit. Uh, and I didn't get the cape in the inferno nightmare and i woke up and i'm like ah it's like four <laughs> o'clock in the morning i'm like okay that was not real thank fuck. um yeah so yeah it's it's coming back i mean literally i just need the run but otherwise it has been um an eventfully uneventful week because i have done one piece of content from wednesday at about six o'clock in the morning until about sunday at 8 33 p.m where i say this to you now so <laughs> Oh man, it's it's good content though, and we'll get into it. Mm -hmm. I was gonna, I had a question. Do you remember this time last year what your PB at Inferno was? No idea. Probably around uh, forty or something. Okay. I mean, you're you're making because I think this is probably the time last year where I got um. There's an elite combat achievement to kill a major within the Inferno. Oh, so okay. This is probably around the time I started and like did that, you know. But mm -hmm. otherwise, I mean. I mean, we're 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 chugging along, so I don't I don't know. I imagine it's a lot closer to like September October, which it almost it's is it going to be September when this episode releases? It might be. Um, I'm not sure. It really might be. Yeah. I think it will be. Uh, yeah, I think we'll be in. Nope, the 31st. <laughs> yeah, so no, it's September 1st. September 1st. Sorry. Yeah, so first day of September. I think now is about the time where we were really starting to be like, all right, what's a gear setup look like? You know, let's mm, like let's seriously so send these runs. So I'm guessing. Oh, okay. So you're saying you hadn't really even been yeah, sending I may have, serious attempts. Maybe I may have gone in for the memes and I may have gotten lucky, but I don't think I was like actually trying to just absorb it all to do it. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, PB at Zuck is 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 hella progress, and uh, it's only a matter of time. I haven't point. haven't made any progress since, but it is a it is a matter of time. But we gotta you know get back in the pit, as they say. So. <laughs> Get out of the tomb, get back in the pit. Sounds like a good time, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Well, I mean, other than like recapping our week, I guess we can get into TOA. <laughs> Literally, there's there's nothing else to talk about. I'm I'm not kidding when I say I've done. Yeah, I think I've done maybe one farm run a day. Maybe oh, that's still good though. That's about it. Yeah, I would like to do more TOA, but I, I'm having to stop myself and say like maxing is my goal raids is not my goal raids is very fun it's probably the most fun i've had in a raid probably ever because chambers is chambers is not like hey we just ran one you want to run one back again it's not that for me sometimes it is if if the mood is right and maybe had a beer or something but like it's not so toa has been fun uh, i got my thread of a lidness and i'm out of there peace time to max <laughs> It will still be there next year when I'm max, so I'll have plenty of time to to figure it out. Because then, like, actual metas will be developed. I know that a lot of metas have been talked about, and people are pretty confident with what's good and how to do it. But does anybody really know, like, what rooms to go in first? Does anybody really know, like, the exact meta? Not really. People have a great idea because thousands hundreds millions of completions at this point it's a weird way to put it but (laughs) there's a lot of completions at this point um at the time of recording we even have a couple on you know not us in the clan but there are people who have done expert mode solos which is cool i would argue there's one there's one person in the clan who has done expert mode solos at this point i haven't talked to him today but i would argue that jesse has completed at least one expert mode solo by now pretty cool that he, he's that's literally the only one in the clan insane. i think who would be running like that so i'll let you have the floor because uh this is i think this is this is more your alley at this point i, well, I have some i have thoughts about toa but i would i would argue in most cases it is my alley if we're talking about rating if we're talking about pvm and if we're talking about particularly high level pbm i would argue yes it is my alley but i would actually argue that this is both of our alleys because while while on the high end i've been running i think i've capped out at like 220 solo um so on the high end it's it's a lot of fun on the high end in a group i think on average when tmd and i duo together we do like 180 190 200 duos and we just run that back over and over and over again and it's a lot of fun. I like being there while the metas are being developed. I kind of like the guess and check phase, you know? Mm-hmm. I like being in in the space where, like, I'm getting DMs both, like, on Discord and on uh, Twitter of people being like, yo, DDS is the strat. Like, let's just give it a try and see how DDS with Adrenaline goes. You know, let's mm-hmm. leave the Karis behind or, like... When I got my Jewel of the Corruptor, which is the red one, the special attack uh, gives enemies 25% increased damage taken. So, but it slows my attack speed. So we're going in like trios and four mans. And I was like, how about this? How about this? When the core drops, I'll hit it with the Karis spec and you guys absolutely clobber it with claws and just see what kind of damage we can do. And we're going for one downs and two downs. Like, I really like that like end game experimental phase. Granted, I'm not taking a shadow in to know, but I can see places where the shadow of Temekin or the Temekin shadow, whatever it's called, uh, is going to eviscerate enemies 
Akka, mm-hmm. oh my god. The final boss, oh my god. The Sang Staff is like the Sang Staff feels like an Ibans blast in some of these rooms. <laughs> the Sang Staff is just not it some places. But yeah. the shadow with the increased accuracy, I cannot wait to see just how hyper lethal that thing is. So on the high end, yes. But this is far and away, and I know you can agree with me, the most accessible piece of legitimate endgame PVM content we have ever seen enter old school RuneScape. The yeah. quest requirement. I mean, the final boss of Sir, of Beneath Cursed Sands is is interesting, but watch a couple guides and you'll be able to get through it. I would I wouldn't say that the final boss of Beneath Cursed Sands is more difficult than Vanstrom or Galvec or Seren or Gluff. Mm-hmm. So like there are harder quest bosses. Yeah. The requirements are pretty minimal for Beneath Cursed Sands. And the no invocation entry mode raids literally i think of the 470 plus people that are in our clan the people who have been raiding i want to say every single one of them have pulled off a completion in entry yeah. mode like this I is entry, the most... i soloed entry mode yeah on like the second day i think yeah. granted i had pretty decent gear but even i think you can even solo an entry with like mid-tier gear we've been seeing people do it with trident of the swamp dragon crossbow rms fighter torsos like solo solo like entry mode level raids so like yeah raiding is end game quote unquote but like not this raid this is it this is this is mid game up until like absolute max end game like this spans the entirety of pvm more arguably i mean granted it's only been out for like a week but arguably right now you know I know I've got some rose-colored glasses on because I love it so much. This is the most diverse and accessible piece of content old school has ever had as far as who can get there, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And in addition to that, it's also the most sustainable because as you get better and as you get better gear, you can crank up the invocations. You can crank up the time, the, the path levels. You can crank up, you know, no food, no brews, things like that. You can make it more difficult for yourself. You know, when you going to Barrows with a Trident of the Seas and Black Dehyde is very different from going to Barrows with, you know, Ancestral and a Sang Staff and a Serpelm because it's the same content, but you're just doing it quicker. You mm-hmm. know, the Tombs of a Masket has room to grow with you as a PVMer. And it is so exciting to like watch and be a part of here at its inception. You know, because for me, like I'm a good PVMer, I would not have been able to do Theater of Blood on release. If Theater of Blood came out today, I would not have been able to get a completion on the first day. Zero percent. Chambers is a maybe, you know, but Theater of Blood, they were doing absolutely not exactly. There, we nobody had any idea what a raid was like, you know. And arguably, Chambers is Chambers mechanics are not what they should be. But there's no room to change them. Like, they've Mm -hmm. tweaked them to the absolute max. And that is about it. It would take a complete overhaul of Chambers, I think, for it to, for it to, like, be as good as TOA is now. Mm -hmm. With, like, an entry mode, a normal, a hard mode. I I know you have challenge mode, but that's different. So, it, it, it would take a lot. And, um, I'm excited for what they're, what they've been able to accomplish with TOA as far as really 
taking feedback, looking at the last two raids and thinking, this is how raids should be in the future. Mm -hmm. Whether it's themed around the swamp, whether it's themed around a dragon, whatever, you know, they could re-release chambers, make it like, make it scale like this, and it probably would still be great content. But again, it's like, it's too far gone at this point. You just have to live with the chambers mechanics how they are, because... The fact that you can go in there as a hardcore Iron Man and just simply die and it mean nothing kind of is looking back not great. You know what I mean? It doesn't add that risk factor. Um, it's kind of free content at that point. Theater of Blood, TOA, you die, it means something. So it's not a safe death. But yeah, I agree. I agree 100% with, with how much you can scale up this raid. Even at raid level 50, you still have a de- like a chance at making money like you're not totally totally out of the it's not totally out of the realm of possibilities for you to to get a drop Mm -hmm. unlike with theater of blood there's no purple chance on an entry mode unfortunately um the best you can get is probably vials of blood (laughs) yeah but um yeah I, i like it i like it a lot yeah and and unlike theater of blood entry mode you know, I've only run, I think, nine entry modes. Uh, I kind of want to do one more just so I have the even 10. But, um, mm. you know, as far as, like, TOB entry modes is extremely forgiving. Like, you can take a melee from Verzik and consistently get hit, like, 10s and 15s. Mm-hmm. In regular Theater of Blood, those are, like, 40s, 50s, 60s. That's, like, a team-killing mistake if you get hit at melee in a regular. So, mm. entry mode top it feels it literally feels like just like soft core runescape like it's not it's intense but it's not really like a a picture of what could actually happen in a real raid you know i don't love entry mode because having done top like prior to the release of entry mode i think it is not great for learners toa entry mode is forgiving but because of the way it scales it's not like you know you're not getting hit a six off prayer at the final boss, you're still getting hit at 15 or 20, just like you would in a normal raid. Mm -hmm. You know, you're still getting hit. Just some of the mechanics aren't present, but the mechanics are optional to begin with. So I think that's for me, what makes entry mode so much better of like a PVM learning experience. I know we said last week, like we had the argument about go try out theater of blood, go try out entry mode, which by the way, side note, I'm not, I'm not trying to gatekeep TOB from people. Really. I'm not, I don't like, you know, the idea of being like, Oh, only the highest of the high level can do this content. Cause I'm not the highest of the high level on day one of release. I wouldn't have been able to find a team cause I don't have an infernal cape, right? Like I, I'm not trying to gatekeep TOB. I genuinely think that a like entry mode is not a good way to learn and B learning tob like truly learning it is a frustrating experience just like zalra just like your first fire cape learning tob is frustrating because of the amount of failure it's worth it and it's a hell of a lot of fun and if you're at the point where you're like dude i got base 90s i'm gonna go send some tobs do it but brace yourself because you're gonna die a lot and it's gonna be annoying as shit but 100 percent recommend people do it so i know last I, I listened to the episode as i was editing i'm like ah yeah i don't want to i don't want to try to like not trying to big dick anyone out of top, but just like prepare yourself for like the inevitable failure, as we talked about. Yeah, but no, the way the way TOA scales is is beautiful. It's the it's the health, it's the damage. It is it, it, even like the the amount of people you have in there. TOA is fantastic, fantastic. Mm-hmm. So, do you want to talk about our our hour one experiences? 
Sure. Because we yeah. were there together. Yeah. We were. We were. We sent in a seven-man entry mode. Which is uh, insane. Yeah. We, we completed it, and it felt really good. Mm-hmm. And then they're like, let's throw on some invocations. And, and then, then it all went south. <sighs> wow. We got so egoed bad. like crazy. We got our first entry mode. We're like, let's go. You know, we're, we're all pretty decent PVMers, all pretty decent raiders. We're like, dude, entry modes for babies. We easy. Easy. We can do a 150. It was the meanest wipe and wipe and wipe and wipe and wipe I have seen in a long time. Like, we got egoed mm-hmm. learning normals. Um, probably my favorite moment of doing normals. When we all went in for entry mode, we got to Zebek, the big crocodile. Everyone had Tebos and Bulfas, and we ripped Zebek apart. It was like a minute, 20-second fight absolutely ripped them apart and we knew the waves were coming we knew the poison was on the floor from like the trailers that we had seen we went in on normal where he had a little bit more health from the invocations and the invocations turned it up a little bit and then suddenly when he shot out the poison he shot out these rocks and we're like i don't know what we do about these rocks let's wait for the waves and then the shock wave came out i xp wasters it killed our entire team all eight Everybody. of us died immediately because we like weren't <laughs> like we weren't at full HP because like whatever we're, we can tank this. He's not hitting yeah. through prayer. Killed the entire team, and we're like, "What the f- just happened? What was that? Where did that wasn't in the last raid? Who turned that invocation on?" Like learning normals was it was a trip, but that first entry mode. Oh my god, it was so much fun! It was and fun. That's, oh yeah, it was a blast. I have a clip it? of a of our first like so I was streaming. I streamed for like nine and a half oh, hours yeah. that day. And our first entry mode completion. I have the clip of like when the warden finally like rears back and the final phase starts where everything's like all <laughs> kicking off and there's lightning going on. And the whole chat, everyone in VC is like, What the fuck is this? Oh my god, Bruce, stay safe. Oh my god, run around. And we finally get to completion. We see the KC in the chat box and it's like, Let's go. Oh, we beat entry mode. You know, that's a that's a pretty cool clip I've got for the I've got for the memory books there. But that's um, cool. Yeah, no, it was. It's been it's been a heck of a lot of fun. Heck of a lot of fun to learn. Uh, looking back at that experience, what I wish we had done, and, and this is just hindsight, um, instead of going zero invocation straight to one fifty, I kind of wish we ramped it up and just got kind of like what you should do now mm-hmm. is start at zero and then maybe go to like fifty or sixty and then go to ninety or a hundred and then one ten, one thirty, and then and then you're starting to send like one fifties, one sixties. I kinda wish we did that because we we literally for probably three hours tried to brute force a one fifty. And it was mm-hmm. just so frustrating. Yeah. Because at that point we're still learning the mechanics, which is totally fine. It's it's within the first couple hours. But I, I was able to ride the high of the first zero invocation raid for a while. And then I'm just like, guys, I'm not having fun. <laughs> I'm literally not. I'm going to take a break. I'm going to wait lunch, think about what I've done. <laughs> and yeah, just looking back, I uh, yeah, wish we would have done it a little different, but I just had a blast. It was a blast. We ended up doing that a little bit later in the day where we were like, all right, we're pretty good at PVM, but like we're pretty bad at TOA. So we're going to, we're going to turn up the heat little by little, you know, we're going to, we're going to slowly make our way deeper into the pool uh, yeah. instead of 
instead of having to like just you know jump right into the deep end yeah and it worked really well i think by the end of the day we were consistently running like in groups of like four or five we were running 90s and then i think i got my first normal at the end of the night in a duo with ralph at a 150 Ooh. and then i did my first 150 solo the next morning so gaming so I mean, day one completion hell yeah <laughs> yeah i did get it i mean technically if so it's weird because it wasn't day one for me because we finished it at like 12.02 p.m. or 12.02 a.m., <laughs> but it was still day one for Ralph. So I for count Ralph. that as a day one completion because yeah. we're in a different time zone. Dude, so, you started it in the, in, within the first day. Yeah, so. within, within the first 24 hours, I got a normal KC completion. So that yeah. for me was that was pretty exciting as well. It was one of the goals I had was to like learn TOA day of release and... While I'm no Addycon master of TOA, I definitely think I picked up on this a lot quicker than I was expecting to. I was thinking this is going back to a way previous point. I'm I'm just now remembering, but I was going. I was thinking back to that conversation we had about entry mode TOBs, and I was reflecting on how I felt on Wednesday, having done a number of entry modes. I think I did like five or six kc entries mm -hmm. i know we ran some together because if it like yeah. we ran them like seven and eight mans then we're like all right eight man sucks for 150 so we're gonna like split the team in half and like mm -hmm. see what happens there and i think four it was, and four yeah, yeah and, and then yeah so having having the experience i had in just doing toa in general the and i think you said this like they they took a lot of mechanics from tob shifted them a little bit, used them, whatever. There's a lot of mechanics from TOB in Tombs of Masket. So it really wouldn't be that big of a deal to get comfortable in an entry mode if you haven't done Beneath Curse Sands or whatever. You're not ready for that quest. Just send a couple entry mode TOBs if you're kind of in the mid-game and you don't have the gear stats to do um, regular TOB mm -hmm. because some of those mechanics will transfer over. Like You still have the Verzik Walk. And that's going to help you in Kefri. Um, I think that Nilos is very stressful, but like maybe doing a couple Nilos will help you in the Baba, you know, the Baba challenge room with just figuring out. Oh, I need to use range to kill this one. I need to use mage to kill this one. So I don't know. I was just thinking like maybe it would, but I get what you're saying. Entry mode when it comes to learning actual theater of blood is not helpful because there's blatant differences in mechanics mm -hmm. you can you can get lazy if you're like oh i've done i've done 50 entry modes and then you go into theater of blood normal and you just get absolutely spanked well <laughs> duh <laughs> duh it's it's different it's it's what do you mean different. the green ball hits more than 20 damage what the <laughs> fuck you can go into soda seg and just like not really do much in an entry mode and still complete it like i'm pretty sure you could probably just run across the maze in an entry mode and not yeah. really have yeah, to I have i tested yeah. it out you can. so yeah. <laughs> there's big differences between easy mode top normal top but i still stand by the fact that i think entry mode top would prepare you in some way to get into toa with a little more confidence i, I still disagree only because just send toa Zero invocation TOA is a friggin' blast. You yeah, know? it is. It's a lot of fun. I hate to disagree with Michael. What is this? Two weeks in a row about no, raiding, <laughs> but I mean, 
zero invocation you can still get the thread and you can still get the jewels i think technically reward wise you can receive everything at every level but if they're grayed out it's like a ridiculously low chance like onyx from a gem bag chance right you know like one in 10 million or something stupid yeah <laughs> i think somebody on reddit day one got uh, the pet from an entry mode one mm-hmm. kc insane yeah. So it's possible, just very rare. I'm I'm really interested to see what the drop rates are. If you know, if we find out in a week or two, whatever, Jagex releases drop rates. If we do find out that, you know, scaling is just insane, like it's a one in three hundred thousand or something to get the pet at zero, but then maybe it's a one in two thousand to get it at one fifty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a huge difference that yeah is a huge or maybe like at that point it's one in 300 to get it at 300 points i'm like my goodness but i'll be very interested to see the scaling as far mm-hmm. as what what uh number i don't know do you think they'll do it at like number intervals to change the drop rates because that's what i would expect so if you if you go to the toa like board while you're making parties and things uh-huh. you can go to the summary tab and you can see that like what the invocations you've applied and how the bosses are affected by them. So like what percent damage, defense, health that they are all increasing by. There's just a, there's a couple cool stats, you know, just sort of like breaking down the invocations. Um, I would imagine the loot scales similarly, where the more invocations you have on, the more um, the more likely you are to see a drop. Uh, I but I mean, it's it's just statistics that like the more people that are in the raid, the more likely you are to see a drop as well. Mm-hmm. So solos probably aren't great for purples, especially since we don't know how the drop rate works mechanically. You know, we're not we're not sure what the exact like meta is, you know, like chambers, you're more likely to see one with a group of people. Theater of Blood solo is not grindable. It is an achievement, but it is not something you grind out. But the rates are pretty proportionate to the difficulty of the content for both of those. So Chambers is not that hard and Purples don't exist. And Theater of Blood is pretty decently difficult. And in theory, on a Deathless, you see one one in every nine KC. That's the drop rate at TOBs. One in every nine Deathless rates. Some days, it is not like that at all. Some days, Verzik is like, you know what? I'm going to do my best Ulm impression and give you nothing. And then some days... You're getting rapiers and avernix. So it's just RNG. I would imagine it kind of scales with difficulty just like that because TOA can sit anywhere from, you know, as easy as something like Gauntlet at a zero invocation, which I understand the gravity of what I'm saying. The Gauntlet is not the easiest piece of PVM content in the game, but it requires a lot of focus and it requires learning mechanics that once you learn are rewarding to complete you can complete them consistently and are not incredibly punishing should you make one or two mistakes. That That's like entry mode TOA, mm-hmm. right? Scaling as far up as what I imagine will be akin to like hard mode top, where oh, yeah. it is absolutely brutal in there. I'm not entirely sure that a max invocation raid is possible yet. 
because like there are or something? 580. Yeah, there are two invocations. One of them doesn't allow for hard food to be used. So anglers, crombons, whatever. One of them doesn't allow healing potions to be used. So no cerebrews, no nectar, no ambrosia, no potions will work on the raid at all. So you're pretty much going to be reliant on blood barrage, sangstaff heals, blowpipe heals, and boy blood fury yeah and blood fury that's that's about it you know so i don't know if a 580 is possible yet somebody will do it somebody's got to do it it's <laughs> not gonna be me or michael but somebody's gonna do it yeah. you know it's gonna take a, a long. i feel like it's gonna take a long time before we see a 580 mm-hmm. and by a long time i mean like months if not a year yeah because you're right like this raid is hard even with food. Yeah, at 300 plus. And there's a lot of things that just damage you even if you're praying correctly. Mm-hmm. So the mechanics, even with food, <laughs> it's hard. And not to mention all of the invocations stacked on top of each other. That's just insane. Yeah, that's it's like insane. 35% reduced prayers, one life or a wipe you know, a 25-minute run to achieve the invocation, which I suppose we can kind of dip into the invocations because I'm sure there are some listeners out there, like, we can fangirl over this and we can go back and forth about how accessible is the content and what it compares to all day long. Mm -hmm. But I think what's more important is people who have not done it or people who have, like, only done zero invocation entry modes. Let's give give them a feel for, like, what they're going up against. So if you look at the invocation list... There's a couple that are pretty obvious. The uh, softcore, hardcore run, they're right at the top of the list. They limit the amount of deaths you can have. We consistently go with softcore run because we have found that if we wipe more than once, we probably don't have the supplies to do it anyway. So we might as well just reset without paying money. Um, right, 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 right. Because it's 500k if you take in max gear. Yeah, it, so it scales. So death, we didn't say this in the last episode because we didn't actually know it, but so the death coffer, unlike somewhere like Tob, where it's 100k to unlock it no matter what, the death coffer scales with the value, the GE value of whatever you're wearing, up to 500k. So it's a pretty good gold sink for the end game, and it's pretty punishing in the mid to low game because mm. if you're paying 200k and you only have a couple mil bank i don't even want to say the 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 mid the mid game to late game because the day one of toa i only had like a 300k cash stack because i had spent it all on supplies and i had to get a loan because i couldn't get my stuff out of the chest <laughs> <laughs> so shout out to lord jake for for giving me some money to get my to get my shit out of the uh out of the shame chest but um yeah, so the invocations, the time ones are also pretty self-explanatory, except the the mechanic of the time ones is a little strange. So let's say you have a 150 invocation raid, and you stick the minimum time on it. And that minimum time, the 40-minute interval, right, uh, bumps it up to a 160. If you complete the raid within 40 minutes, so not just the actual challenge, but the total time of the raid... So, like, when you're resupplying, walking between rooms, before you enter rooms, if the total time of the raid is under 40 minutes, you get those 10 extra points and the raid becomes a 160-level invocation. If you don't get it in 40 minutes, the raid is reduced by 10 points. So, it goes from a 160 to a 140 because 
Oh. The base would be a 150 without it because you didn't hit it, you get punished for it. We're not oh. entirely sure if that's how it works specifically, but that's what we've noticed because TMD okay. and I try to run the sub 35s and mm -hmm. sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And when it doesn't, it really affects the level of the raid. So yeah. just something to be cautious of right there. Again, that might be proven to be not true in the future. It might already be proven to be not true right now. And we're just not paying attention to our invocation level. Again, this is six days of playtesting that we've done to, to give you this information. Five days even. So it's not like we're, you know, saying something about something that came out six years ago. Um, so apologize if that's not true, but we're pretty sure that's how it works, where it can negatively impact you even more if you don't make time. That said, the 40-minute one, once you get comfortable, pretty free. Not going to lie. I say that with max stats and pretty max gear, so maybe don't quote me on that, but something good to strive for. A couple other ones that are also self-explanatory. On a diet, can't use food. Um, the quiet and silent prayers, you can't... Uh, your overheads are not as effective, so 10% less effective and 25% less effective, respectively. Uh, which can also stack to be 35% less effective. We've found that that's not great for solos because while it does increase the invocation level, it also just makes the raid harder because you're taking damage you can't prey against. Right. You right. know? So. One point, going back to the on a diet, that also includes the... Because uh, so, so, okay, if you die within the raid, they respawn you with these things called honey locusts. Mm -hmm. That... You cannot eat those. And it also, weirdly enough, applies to silk bandages, mm -hmm. which I didn't know that you were eating them. Uh, but it's it's weird. Uh, it's I don't know. I feel like either A, they need to change the name of the bandage to something that is consumable, or let you use the silk bandage on that with that invocation. Because it's again, it's just kind of weird that you're munching on a silk bandage. Mm -hmm. So just keep those two things in mind if you're going to be using that invocation. Because it's what twenty points, but the silk, mm -hmm. like the silk dressing, helps a lot uh, when you're trying to to siphon at the uh, P1 wardens. You can do it without it, but mm -hmm. you know, honey locust can come in clutch, and the the silk dressing. So. Mm -hmm. That's all I wanted to say on the on the diet one. But otherwise, it's it can be free points. Yeah. I, I mean, if you're a main account with access to a lot of brews, I would say go with on a diet, you know, only because like it's like I used to take in anglers before they fixed on a diet. And uh -huh. then it was like, oh, no, now I can't take 44 healing. Let me just take 120 healing instead, because brews <laughs> heal a lot more than any hard food. Strange, with yeah. obviously the 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 detriment of your stats but the smelling salts or the seasoning salts as we've been calling them the overloads so to speak uh they boost your stats up and they consistently restore them just like an overload in chambers with the added benefit of not making you take any damage yeah it's pretty pretty powerful. so yeah there's there's that so brews aren't necessarily like you know out of the question something you can you can just pack yak and bring in there um there are some invocations that uh, make it so that the the helpful spirit, which is a pretty neat way of of giving supplies, uh, the helpful like spirit it. will give you less supplies. Helpful spirit is kind of like a hybrid between a top chest and uh, a chambers like prep, where it just gives you three different loadouts, all with various items, brews, restores, 
prayer uh, enhances the silk bandages Michael talked about overloads and then uh adrenaline which is cracked because it like halves your spec um so instead of two claws you get four for example uh and then ambrosias which is the single greatest piece of food ever ent- entered into osrs it overheals you it restores all your stats boosts your prayer up to full and restores your run energy in one sip of a potion ambrosias are everything and you get two sips per potion and you get two sips so we use it as a get out of jail free in the final phase I just want to take a moment and thank the JMod or the JMod team <laughs> who got that green lit and put it in the raid because it's OP as hell, mm-hmm. but it is so nice. It is. I'm hoping that it get to the point where you don't have to use them in like taking the power, uh, taking the power section on the, the helpful spirit is not always necessary, but like it's, it's freaking amazing. Yeah. It is saved runs for me. Almost every time I, I sip at least one dose. Mm-hmm. So thank you, Jones. Yeah. It's really good. Uh, one thing that they don't really describe too, too well, uh, the path secret ones. Yeah, I was wondering about those. So there's one indication that completing a path during the raid will cause other paths to level up. And then there's path seeker, pathfinder, pathmaster, which levels up the paths, quote unquote, by one, two, and three, respectively, upon entering the raid. Now, what does leveling up a path mean? Now, I've not played around with this a whole lot to be able to tell you, but from what I've been able to see, places like Akka, for example, the memory puzzle where it shows the four uh, lights and you have to walk to the lights, mm-hmm. Akka will do five of those instead of four. The, the boulders at Baba will fall faster. And you'll have to be there. The not the not the the poop they'll, boulders. They'll the, the ones that fall from the sky will fall faster, and you'll have less time to get away from them. You know, oh. so when the the paths level up, elements of them get more difficult. Okay, uh, which I'm excited to play around with and see like which ones are, you know, quote unquote free. For example, that are just yeah. easy points. If we say they're free, it's because we don't think that they're very difficult for us to complete. Although objectively, if you're doing it for the first time, I would not turn some of these on. Right. Then we get into like the individual demi boss ones, which are fun. Well, I do have a question. Do you have you looked into the walk the path? Because there's three specific path ones, but then there's walk the path. Is that correct? Yeah. Is that is that the one where like? The first room you go in is not leveled up, but then the other rooms will be. Mm-hmm. So from what I've gathered from listening to mainly Jesse talk about it, because he's the only one who I think has run with that invocation of the, the people that I've spoken to. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like a chance for them all to level up. So you can, oh. let's say you do Akka first, right? When you leave Akka, when you complete it, there's a chance, there's a guarantee that one of them will level up, but oh, there's I a see. chance they'll all level up. Gotcha. So sometimes you'll get unlucky and they'll all level up every time. So by your fourth room, it's a level four path or a level three path. But sometimes you'll get very lucky and then only one will level up. Hmm. So like, let's say you leave Akka and then Kefri levels up to one. uh, But you're like, oh, well, I still have level zero Baba and Zebek. I'm going to go do one of those because they're level zero and they're going to be much easier for me to kill. Yeah. Then you might get lucky again and Kefri levels up and Baba doesn't. So then you have level 
a two or a level three Kefri by the time you go fight Kefri, but you don't have to deal with any of the other level ones. Again, gotcha. we're five days into Tombs of a Masket, and I have not played with that invocation. Yeah, this is what I off. have been told by people who have. Again, we may be incorrect, so I apologize for giving you false information. Really not trying to, right? But that is, yeah, that's that's that invocation. I don't really, I don't really run with it. Yeah. On again, how but, many points is it worth? Like, is it is it substantial? It's worth forty five. Oh, okay. So it boosts the shit out of some of these. I might send, yeah. maybe I'll send an entry mode, or maybe I'll send some one fifty solos. But I'll turn this on and just like see what it does. Mm-hmm. You know, because it affects elements of the room that aren't like what's affected by the other invocations. You know, I'm interested to see if like. I don't. I just don't know how it'll be how it'll be affected. So I'll have to play with it and play with it and give it a shot. There for sure will be like a a wiki article. It's mm-hmm. like these are what you get with level zero. These are what you get with level one, and it, and it'll detail it so that maybe you have a better educated walk. Maybe you're better educated walking into these rooms if they happen to level up. Maybe mm-hmm. five months down the road. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But again, like I said, we're we're six days out of the release, so it's yeah. not. It's it's actually less. Came out on twenty fourth. We're four days. We're on day four of this raid being in the game. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so six days once it comes out. <laughs> well, no, it's so we're on the fifth actually, day. So twenty four, twenty five, twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight. We're five oh. days in. Five like full work days, so to speak, of TOA being released. By the time this episode comes out, it'll be just over a week. Okay. Of, yeah. Yeah. Right. Of of TOA being released. So. Just like we said for last week's episode, there's probably going to be some stuff that we don't know about that will get released between now and Thursday when you're listening to this or later. So we may be incorrect, but, you know, what can you do? The Demiboss Invocations are a lot of fun because they really can, like, dramatically change how the boss fight goes. You know, do you have any that you... I guess, what's your what's your favorite of the four Demibosses, Michael? Oh, oh. <laughs> a great question i i don't mind krondas because the challenge room is not terribly difficult like you spend a couple hours in sepulcher and you've got a basic idea of how to to navigate the spikes and then krondas itself is it's you pray range and you figure out what prayer you need to pray against and then occasionally you have to stand behind a rock dodge a wave so it's a lot of mental agility kind of for that mm-hmm. room. Um, I actually, so it's, I'm split. It, Krondus is great. It's not my favorite, but I like the Baba fight, but I heavily dislike the crazy monkey room in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like it is my absolute least favorite of any, any of the challenge rooms. It's just so annoying. Cause like, it feels like it goes on forever just monkey wave after monkey wave and then you have little poison monkeys that are walking around like they just don't care that they're spreading poison they're like yes this is me i'm just walking around casually and then um the volatile monkeys are really annoying because if you're not paying attention and they're like hey buddy and then they explode but challenge room aside the baba fight is is very engaging um i like the mechanics in that where it's mainly melee prey melee 
but then you also have the 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 poop rolling down you have to where you have to get by rocks um so i would say that baba is probably my favorite fight aka is a lot of fun i think aka can get annoying if you mess up like if you if you're not paying attention and you don't like you don't see what the first like the first quadrant that's going to go off you're screwed because then you start taking tick damage mm-hmm. and that sucks um but i haven't really like mentally Akka's not all there for me as far as looking at his prayer and knowing which one do i not see crap so i'm mainly going whenever i'm fighting Akka, i'm mainly going off of what attack he's doing because to me that's a little bit easier so like if he's doing his mage attack you're 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 most likely or you are using range um if he's attacking you with melee you're using mage and so on and so forth so that one's harder um the one i care about the least definitely scabbers that boss can suck a dick i hate that it's so (laughs) stupid um the puzzle on that one is my absolute favorite though i love the scabbers puzzle it's just chill like that's like a that's like a a night in discord with the with the boys crack a beer you're doing puzzles man like that's just fun so it's a lot of dualities for me it's a lot of dualities Mm mm-hmm I'm sorry. You asked me what my favorite was, and I just went into this huge old brain. Yeah, yeah. Explain, explains all the rooms. Nice, nice. Uh, I'd have to say my favorite is Akka, which, funny enough, I love the Akka fight, but holy shit, the Akka puzzle room. That first day, for any of you guys who are on Patreon, and you watched me uh, do crabs with Michael at Chambers as Eric, and you saw the pure, unadulterated rage that filled me trying to do that stupid puzzle. Mm-hmm. That was day one of Akka. I was fuming with mm-hmm. these damn light beams. I don't like light puzzles. I'm not a fan of it. Solving puzzles has never been a strong suit of mine. So just, just doing it, oh my god, it was rough. But the beauty of it is there's only a, a specific number of solutions there's only a specific number of puzzles that can be that can be present in that room so once Mm -hmm. we kind of nailed down where to put them that room became a lot more tolerable do you still hate it though (laughs) i feel Uh, like you still have a disdain i have a disdain i have absolutely free (laughs) uh i have a disdain because i have been really struggling to get a one down oh but when i say struggling to get a one down i mean like that middle crystal will have like four hit points left oh. or like two like one shot guaranteed yeah, all i need, need to, to do. do is just hit it a tick earlier and i've got it so like that has been a cause of like this monitor's going out the window because like that is so annoying to almost get the one down yeah you know but i mean the solving the puzzle like i just know where to put things now it feels like and i think the aqua fight is great the, the running joke for the last couple of days has been I need to to go seek some help because I think the final part of the Akka fight where all the white balls are moving around the room and you have to like dodge them and attack Akka, I, that's the best part of the fight. I love that. It's so satisfying to not take any damage. I think it's so much fun. But uh, that seems to be pretty universally hated by all my friends. It's um, not, I wouldn't call it terrible. I think people just find it annoying that there's some times where it's just unavoidable. But it, literally, if you pray Redemption... And you can and you semi pay attention. It's not bad because he only has like six hundred health, mm-hmm. and that's that's pretty easy. Um, 
because you can get like two or three hits in. If you have a scythe, it's more like two. Yeah, you cut through with a scythe. It's one swing, and you're on to the next one immediately. Usually, we open that up with a double claw, and then just into scythes, and it's over pretty quick. But yeah, do you have a least favorite? Um, probably Krondus. it was Zebek for a really <laughs> long time because the the trauma of that first normal mode and that shockwave has not left me yet and i am not ever prepared mentally or physically for zebek shockwave attack that said because i don't like it i have made it my life's work to be the only person responsible for making sure we get past that thing which i I was so funny we did a t a trio me tmd and michael and Michael's like, if you hate it, why are you doing it? And TMD's like, that is the most oxy shit I've ever heard. Like, he hates it, so he has to get really good at it. Uh, yeah. Because if you want it done right, you might as well just do it yourself. Like, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to put a team wipe in the hands of anybody else in a duo or a trio. So, like, just unless you're confident that you can push that boulder in the right spot, just let me do it and we'll be yeah. fine. We did a duo, and Oxy's like, Michael? Do not touch that boulder. Stay do still. Not, do not touch the do, boulder. Just do not DPS touch it. the boss. Just just DPS the boss and run behind the rock when I tell you. Like, we'll do be fine. Exactly. You kind of do that in, in the Akka puzzle, too. For how much you hate that light puzzle, you're the one running around and getting all the getting all the lights and because if i if i do it i know where they're going right like i can't i can't predict other people um but at recently the kefri fight has been kind of inching into like god this sucks because there are a lot of the most frustrating pieces of kefri for me are the scarabs that spawn mm-hmm. the yeah. the soldier the arcane and the spitter scarab oh my god they're so irritating yeah. It's on a different level how annoying they are because sometimes you can... I, I one-claw spec the arcane out earlier. Oh, Sometimes nice. you hit a zero and the, and the rapier won't hit and you have to take... Earlier in the duo last night, I took a 70 from the arcane attack. Oh my god! Like, I got absolutely clobbered by it. Sometimes the melee just doesn't want to get hit. And the melee is not that weak to magic either, which doesn't make sense for the combat triangle, but okay... Um, the Karis, <laughs> I don't have the Jewel of the Scarab, but so far the Karis proves to be mid at best at Kefri, but yeah. it could be better if you have the Blue Jewel. Um, and wow, those poop lines can really end a run quickly, can't they? They, they can. can go from like, wow, this is flawless, we dd there's minimal blockage in the room to like, oh, now I don't have a tile to melee the boss on awesome and sometimes it's not in your control because sometimes it will push you in the opposite direction you want to go so at the moment kefri is sneaking into last place while like you said the puzzle is phenomenal (laughs) i thought that was going to be the worst room in the entire raid the matchy matchy at the end chef's kiss so fun oh man it is so much fun especially because like we're getting pretty good at doing it uh sub 90 second too so we're having a bl- we're we're having a blast pushing the sub ninety room. Um, I think all the puzzle rooms are fine. Um, Baba's is kind of annoying only because of how long it takes. Mm. Uh, but even then, I got like a three fifteen on a solo earlier because it's more about killing the monkeys than it is actually doing anything in the room. Right. It's how quickly you can kill the waves that come out. And just like Nilo, the waves are always the same. 
so you can predict what's going to be on the field after you kill um the first wave that's out there so yeah the uh the the diet nilocus room in in toa is not too bad baba fights okay you know <laughs> mind the gap is a fun invocation to turn on oh, have you didn't have you been running it with that uh yeah we've run a couple uh i don't do it on my solos but i've done group raids with them on mind the yeah. gap is fun if you don't tell your team that mind the gap is turned on oh no that's when mind the gap <laughs> is the most enjoyable uh it's when people step into the raid and they go wait a minute is the and everybody dies off the rip and they're like actually you shut up a bitch that is when that's when mind the gap is a good time it's a good troll because you, get, very you good get quite troll. the giggle out of it but um yeah I would play around with the invocations. Uh, the final boss is a, a shitload of fun. But before we get to the final boss, I would play around with the invocations, see what you like, see what you don't like. Some people are going to have preferences for what they like to run with. Some people are going to have different preferences. For example, I don't like Mind the Gap because I think it adds an additional layer of stress. A lot of the people that I'm good friends with who I've been raiding with think Mind the Gap is perfectly fine. Just don't walk in the middle of the arena when it's at 66 and 33 HP. It's not that hard to get around. But I don't like it, so I don't play with it turned on, you know? Yeah. So play around with invocations. Figure out what you're comfortable with. Figure out what you're like, wow, that's awful. Another one I don't play with, upset stomach. Yikers. I do not like the upset stomach invocation. It makes the the poison in Zebek wider, and it makes this radius with which the balls explode less. Oh. So you have to be Ooh. more accurate on the shockwave phase, which, again, carries just a little bit of trauma for me. So, you know... I um Less I don't fun. love that one. <laughs> but yeah, get in there, play around with invocations, go from 0 to 50, go from 50 to 100, go from 100 to 150. It's a shitload of fun to to practice the rooms. And if there's ever a room that you're like, "Man, this sucks," unlike chambers where you can run in and or or you can't like run in and practice, unlike Tob where like if you're shitty at Zarpus, you have to push through the rest of the raid to then still be bad at Zarpus. Mm -hmm. You can go into any of the paths in whatever order you want. So if you really true. need practice at Kefri, run Kefri back over and over and over and over again. You know? Yeah. So and try it with the different dummy boss invocations, like Oxy was saying. Mm -hmm. You know? If you if you just turn all four of them on and head in there and then figure out you hate that, <laughs> turn off uh turn off the upset stomach one and see how yep. it is guess and check and especially if you don't turn on hardcore you can leave without any penalty it's you can true. leave the raid without a penalty uh and you can die without a penalty as long as the one death mechanic is not turned on yeah you can die as many times as you want they they scale it up from as many as you want to you can die 10 times you can die three times and then you die once and then yeah we always run with softcore i see i see um do you think we'll ever get to the point where we're at hardcore because like we're yeah. deathless and it's just free points at that point yeah for sure we'll get to that point and that'll come when like we have you know if we're running group raids like if we're running you know three or four mans we'll probably have to have one or two carries yeah in order to do that just to like guarantee it you know because like if you die at the final boss you can't respawn between phases so oh, like yeah you just have to finish it but if you think about it Tob is always hardcore. It's always mm -hmm. one attempt, and people do tops all the time. Mm -hmm. So, which is yet another reason why Tob is teeth pullingly frustrating <laughs> to learn, uh, especially if you're going with a group of learners. But that's neither here nor there. 
the final boss, Michael. What are your thoughts on the final boss? Because you've done you've done a couple of Verzik, but I know you've done a lot of Ulm. Mm. So how yeah. where does the boss stack up for you? On the compared scale to of... the other final bosses. I mean, it doesn't even just have to be those two. Like it can be yeah. any other boss in the game. What are the what is the warden's fight? Where does that rank for you? I'll go with each phase. So there's three phases. Mm-hmm. Um phase one, I like that you can choose how to start it. Uh if you're not aware, there's two there's two bosses. Forgive me if I mess this up, but it's a lidness and a masket. A lidness and Tamekin. Oh, so close. Okay. Mm-hmm. So a lidness and Tamekin. And depending on how much energy they get from the obelisk, depends on which one will wake up. And so you can choose to siphon all of the energy from the one that you don't want to fight, um, and they won't wake up. So I've been running pretty good spread of both and i like so i don't know which one is which the one with the swords is that Temekin? that's Temekin. swords is Temekin. uh hammer and shield is a lidness a lidness okay i think i think i like Temekin more it starts out with range so if you have a pretty decent range weapon um you can get you can get down in p2 but we won't go to p2 too much um the the mechanics are interesting in p1 uh there's there's the the siphon thing which that's i mentioned the silk dressings earlier the the siphoning it's basically just one tick every tick you get three you take three damage and if you have Mm. the silk dressings then you know you're getting healed while you're getting hurt while you're siphoning you only really have to siphon for maybe 10 seconds it's not very long but it can get you down to like from 99 hp and get you down into the 60s which is just more brews that you have to eat. Uh, and then it's just about the the things that happen. So like there's these um, there's these lights, and then you have to DD for a mage attack, and then there's a range attack, and then you're pretty much into P2. So uh, I don't know. I like P1. P1 is interesting. I think it's very easy to get through if you have... If you have the proper knowledge of don't let both of the bosses um, mm-hmm. heal up, or because we did that, and that was another the mistake we muscles. made. That was another mistake we made in uh, in oh. the normal modes. Was, yep. Yeah, yeah that was, was another entire team wipe. Is because we had the the yellow lights and the red lights all at once, and we're like, where do we walk? You can't mm-hmm. go anywhere. You're just dead. And then, and then after that, we kind of figured out because we're like, all right, whatever, we'll just go right back in. And we're like, oh, wait a minute. If you stand here and take damage, it doesn't, like, the other boss doesn't attack at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then once we figured out, like, oh, shit, we have to get them in cycle, then it felt good. So yeah. um, P2 for me is very frustrating. I dislike P2 because there's just a lot going on. Um, there's stuff on the floor that you have to watch out for. There's uh, not a lot of reaction time to pray against what they're attacking with. It's very noticeable. Like, Pray mage when you see a skull. Pray range when you see a little rock. It's pretty easy. There's also um, swords that will pop out, and you have to pray accordingly for those. There's just a lot going on. There's things on the floor, um, and I have struggled with. I've struggled the most with P2 because, like, I'll be in full mage gear. I'll be across the freaking room because I can react a little bit better if I'm farther away. And then it goes down, and now I have to 
<laughs> now I have to kill the core and I'm running across the room trying to find this tiny little dot on the floor while also putting on my putting on my melee gear trying to figure out if I'm brewed down or not. So there's just a lot going on. Um, Pro tip it is, for P2, shift yeah. click tag all core. Oh, because you if you get that yeah mine's like a fluorescent blue when i tag an enemy it's like i don't miss it nice you get that fluorescent blue square on the ground you're not you're not missing it ever again oh, thank shift you, click tag all core <laughs> i promise you it'll help you out <laughs> okay okay i'll try that that's probably gonna help a lot the other thing that messes me up is like you're missing max hits by the easiest things like i was running a duo and for one of the downs I forgot to put on my, my Avernic and I was hitting like a 38 and then I put on my Avernic and I'm hitting like a, a 30, a 46. So like it's an, it's a difference of eight max hits on the core if you don't have your Avernic on and that's just one piece of gear and then you pop on piety and now you're in the fifties. So it's like, there's just a lot to remember in P2. So it's probably my least favorite of the warden's phases, but P3 is fun. P3 is chaotic but it's predictable. And um, so going back to the first phase, depending on which of the two gods you let siphon, um, it's going to change who you see in P3. So when I actually got to P3 and I saw that the gods that you just killed came back as like spectral ghosts to try and ruin your life one more time, I was like, dude, that is so cool. That is such a neat thing that they did in this raid. But you get you get a AOE attacker, and then you just get somebody who's going to either attack with range or mage, and um, it doesn't really change. So you could go with either god to let siphon, so to uh, to or Alidnus. Um It doesn't really change. It just comes down to preference at that point. It, in P3. it does. It does change because the bosses are mechanically different. So when you let's say you you let Temekin spawn like you like, and then you get mm -hmm. Akka and you get uh, Kefri. Because that will the the gods Michael is referring to is the four demi bosses you fight. Two of the four demi bosses you fight will come in the final fight, depending on which Akka or depending on which Tomekin or Alidnus you spawn first. Mm -hmm. If you spawn Tomekin first, you will get Alidnus at the final bit of the fight, and Alidnus will bring oh. Akka and Kefri uh, okay, to the fight. It does change the end mechanics because there is an invocation for Kefri called Aerial Assault, mm -hmm. which turns the fire bombs from a one-tile thing to a three-by-three-tile thing. Yeah. That invocation carries into the final fight. Oh. So there's now a three-by-three three area of effect you have to avoid. Oh, okay. Whereas with Baba, that's, it doesn't do that. That's pretty big. The additional change on the other end of it, because there's two styles of attacks. There's one that hits you directly that you have to have overheads for, and there's a like a, an environmental one you have to avoid. Mm -hmm. So with Kefri, the environmental one changes. Akka attacks range, mage, range, mage, every three attacks. So it'll be range, range, range. He'll stab the ground. Mage, 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 he'll stab the ground, range, range, range. Okay. Zebek is the, uh, Zebek is Jad. Zebek, you have to watch what he sends out, and then you have to react to the prayers accordingly. So right. Zebek, I think, is a more enjoyable for a majority of the fight until the final phase where it's just all kicking off and shit's going wild because you have to avoid the lightning and the falling rock and then now suddenly Zebek you're taking damage you don't know why it's because Zebek is attacking you with what you're not praying against like yeah. it's 
Zemek is hectic towards the end. So which one you take down does determine how the final boss fight goes. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't mean to say that it's they're completely the same. Mm-hmm. I meant on more of like a very high level. You have an With AOE. With no invocations. And you have a Basically prayer. exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. I didn't know because I, I don't usually run with the three by three i didn't mm-hmm. know that <laughs> we run it we run it in oh, duos gosh. and that's why we don't do uh to mechan first okay we do the mage one first because we cannot stand doing yeah, kefri that's with the insane. three by three at the final phase oof with uh kefri being my least favorite of the demi bosses i generally don't pump up that fight i just want to get it over with and so anytime i've been running invocations i've just left it on where it's just the one fireball Mm-hmm. and so damn damn <laughs> yeah. yeah but it's uh it, it is a lot of fun the one thing i am curious about for the aka fight is that if you or rather for elidness at the final phase with aka attacking you there's an invocation that makes aka deal melee damage to everyone who's next to him when he does uh range and mage attacks mm-hmm. curious if that carries over which if it does fuck that because uh, if you're also, like on too far onto the left, random melee attack mm-hmm. you know, weren't expecting. And I'm Oof. also interested to see how leveling up the paths affects the final boss. Oh, so Baba's rocks will fall at a certain speed. They'll go when she's not leveled up. Yeah, but when she's leveled up, they go a little bit quicker. So I'm curious to see if they're a little bit quicker in the final phase of the fight as well. And I imagine Kefri's bombs are no different. So. There are a lot of pieces that will affect the final boss fight, which just goes back to how well-designed this yeah. raid is and how yeah. well it can scale with your individual skill level or your team's skill level. I really enjoy the final boss fight. I, I think P2 and P3 could be switched as far oh, as, really? like... So, you know, boss fights with three phases. The only one I can think of off the top of my head at this very moment is Versic, right? P1's pretty easy, but can kill you if you make a mistake, just like Obelisk. P2 is predictable, but punishing if you get it wrong, just like P3 with, like, shifting left and right. Mm-hmm. And then P2 is the, like, you know, or P3 for Verzik is, you know, behold my true nature. And that's when it becomes just an insanity. There's special attack. She's on the ground. She's attacking with all styles. That's more what P2 feels like. Yeah. Where there's environmental danger every couple of attacks. Uh, the Warden has an Ulm style attack where it will send out either a sword, an arrow, or an orb, just like it does in Chambers, where it turns your prayer off and will hit you for a shitload of damage um, if you don't turn your prayer on correctly. Uh, and then just like in Verzik, you can react when you see either the animation or the projectile coming out, which is not like Ulm, which is nice because all my homies hate when Ulm jads. Um, <laughs> but I think P2 is a little bit more akin to a final boss fight until the final warden gets enraged. Yes. That enraged phase, with it went up, just like I said, when it's all kicking off, holy shit. That is the most fun I've had. That's probably top three boss fights for me right there. That final phase of P3. It is so much fun. Yeah. And the Ambrosias make it so that that P3 is not nearly as, like, stressful, right? 
when Verzik gets enraged, she attacks every six ticks, and the, the, the things will heal her, the tornadoes, and the special attack still happens, so it's like, still have to watch out for that. And I think the enraged phase is a lot more fun for both of the fights like when they're enraged because now it actually feels like it's an intense fight mm-hmm. now it mm-hmm. feels like there's pressure to kill the boss uh and i think they did a beautiful job of that with the wardens as well yeah because god it is just so much fun and if you because you know me i play with music on the music changes key when it does that and it starts to get Ooh. higher pitch and it becomes more intense oh and the floor is going away. Oh my gosh, Oh my dude. god! And the floor just like explodes behind you. Holy shit! Have you this, have hmm. you ever gotten to the point where there was like one strip of floor? Yup. The 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 last okay. row always remains. It's okay. awful because you're you're like you're a runner. You're a track star going back and forth trying to hit the final boss because you only got one row of tiles to get through. It's beautiful. This is Jagex. If you are listening, if there is any J mod who does enjoy this show, genuinely. Whether or not you worked on TOA, this has been the single best release of content you guys have done probably since Leagues 2, probably maybe top five period. And not only is the encounter incredibly fun, the encounter has like brought joy back to so many people. I was not having fun playing this game. If you are if you are going for or you have an Infernal Cape, you know that it is not a fun grind. Getting into Tombs of a Masket has made this game so much more fun. We're like, I'm dreaming about Tombs of a Masket. Not nightmares like the Inferno. <laughs> I'm dreaming about TOA. Like, it is so much fun. In addition to how good the content is itself, the release of content, absolutely flawless. I know we said last Tuesday that the that the community is a little gun-shy after Leagues 3, and I think Jagex was a little gun-shy too. Yeah, And they did not, it was spared no expense for this launch. We didn't have a single, we had some minor bugs with the game's release, but that's going to happen with any new content. Mm -hmm. We didn't have a rollback. We didn't have a delay. We didn't have a game-breaking malfunction. Nothing had to be reset. The release was fantastic. Uh, The hype for the release was fantastic. Um, The content that people were putting out for it the videos, the live streams, the teams of all the big names getting together. You got Tasty, Bodie, Wooks, Addy, all on a team together running eight mans. You know, later in the week, you had Bodie running like solos in his like max gear at like a 250 invocation, 300. Like the content that people have created has been awesome. I follow some of the artists on Twitter, uh, Jerv and Soften and all that. They've been releasing all of their like concepts and their GIF animations that they've been working on for the last several months that they yeah. couldn't show anyone until now. <laughs> so my my Twitter timeline is flooded with all this stuff from from Tombs of a Masket that people have been working on. The animations are gorgeous. Watch Zebek move his neck. I didn't know they could like this is this is not the blocky like hands up, hands back, hands forward, mage attack that we have yeah. been used to for 20 years. This is a new level of graphical quality. The music is fantastic. Fun fact for all of you uh, scrubs who don't play with in-game music on, the Aka boss fight, Sands of Time, is a reorchestration of the Alcarid theme that you've been listening to for 20 years. Um, 
it's fantastic. Everything about this raid truly has been top tier. And while I do have some critiques, while I do have some things that I personally would change, it is nothing along the lines of the criticism I gave Raids 3, nothing along the lines of the criticism I gave the Wilderness uh, rework. If you listen to the most recent episode of the Wilderness podcast, uh, I listened to that today. Shout out to Dills for getting that out so quickly. I listened to that today. Wow, I am not very kind in oh. that episode. <laughs> but this has been... This is like their magnum opus of content so far. This has been the pinnacle of release quality. Yeah, fantastic work, Jack. Truly fantastic work. Fantastic. I agree. I a hundred percent agree. I can't really put anything else above this, as far as everything you just said, like release day quality, content quality, thought put into it. Like the team that Jagex has right now, they're doing good things. They're doing very good things. I I cannot wait for what is in store because we still have a ton of stuff. Oh my like, god. The if Gazette they, is they full of do, things. If they could do this, holy shit, what's next? I know. Like that's where I'm at right now, too. Yeah. You're absolutely right, Michael. The this is this is not the ceiling. This is the floor of what is possible with this game. Like, this is old school RuneScape, guys. I think some people, myself included, Take that statement for granted. When, when it was the year, what is it, 2013, they're like, should we boot up the 2007 server? To nearly 10 years later, we have this. Insane. Like, this is top-tier quality content. And it is fun. You guys know, not too huge into PBM. If I wasn't going for maxing right now, I probably would still still be at tombs of Masket, but like my other goals have to come first unfortunately so it is content i'm looking forward to going to whenever i get you know a couple <laughs> a couple hours free and the boys in discord want to send it or um once i max so again i just agree everything everything you said oxy it's amazing it's amazing yeah. content so amazing that there's no there's no way to top that and i think that's a good place to to call it for a break i would agree i would agree yeah. all right y'all stick around after the break we'll have some more content for you we'll see you after this out of there my name is farmer Grycaller, and this here's a tithe farm now this here's not your general type of farming that you see around other folks doing my plants are special why? Because they grow real fast. Now, if you're asking me, it is pretty simple. Plant, water, and pick. Now, this isn't all just for fun. No, I've got a, a little shop that my granddaughter helped me set up. Okay, well, I do got to be honest with you. I don't take gold pieces. My shop only accepts points that get awarded by yours truly. You get points each time you bring in a harvest, so I'll be keeping track for you. Now, just to rattle off a couple things that might interest you, I've got an herb sack, and a little box to put all your seeds and such, and uh, one of the best outfits. I call it the farmer's outfit. <laughs> oh, and I have a service, too, where I can send folks out to uh, to take care of all your weeds. Woohoo! That one's my favorite, and I sure do hate pulling weeds. It hurts my back. Come on down to the tithe farm and give it a try, and I'm sure you'll have some fun. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that commercial break because I know that I sure did. It is the time of the episode where we give a shout out to our lovely patrons. If you subscribe to the Wise Old Man tier or higher, that includes the KBD tier, uh, you'll get a shout out, personal shout out every single episode. So we always start out with the Wise Old Man tier. Big thank you to 10,000 Slugs, Scape Caution, Elagio, Bolomer, Basket, Benjamin R., Pork Jerry, Hadadbod, C. Gladney, Connor M., Morty, Cream Tam, Drum TXT, Duke Bradley, D. Falconer, Flying Castiel, Forestry, Fortimus, Francine1225, Who Farted, Jack M., Jake W., Jerry, Potato Pancake, Posh Padre, Magmorpheus, Mima, Nasty MFR, 999999, Ninja Turtle Ruby, Not a Hippo, Obsidian Paladin, Okami Damashi, Pine Martin 709, Ice, Hollow, Russafiri, Salted Snake, Soggy Waffles, Skalaxon, Skoldveg, Solaire OS, Sweet and Tangy, The Chungaroo, THG Bang, T Pace, Valdon, and Zach without a K. Again, thank you to everyone in the Wise Old Man tier. Moving on to our KBD tier folks. Big thank you and starting out with Bloodman, a.k.a. Young Kyle, Oxy's dad, also my dad, G.I.M. Stones, Kroll, the Lord Jake himself, our third favorite Patreon supporter, Ralph, Rylithian, Skuma92, Spartan Fire, and Toast No Toast. If you guys want to support us on Patreon, you can do so by going to patreon.com slash xpwaste. We said that we have an update on what this new challenge will be, and we still have not figured that out. So just know we still have a challenge to hit 150 patrons. Not sure on the details just yet, but if you guys continue to support us, eventually we'll get to 150, and we appreciate that so much. Now it is time for the community question. Oxy, are you ready? I'm ready. Last week we asked you guys, did Raids 3 meet your expectations? So we got a couple of replies over on Spotify. Starting out with Matt. They said, I love TOA. It's super inclusive to rookie PVMers or people without max gear. It's a great confidence booster to dive into more content. Absolutely agree. Charlie says, it exceeded my expectations. Fun, engaging, accessible via customizable difficulty. Feels like a great bridge for players to get from mid game to the end game. Ooh. And that's in PVM, by the way. Dudeheim says, there's a third raid, question mark. I'm still working on the account to do raids one, but I love the artwork of the rooms and bosses from an outside view. Very nice. And then Young Max says, no, I wasn't expecting on sending it this week, but I was expecting a rollback day one. And that hasn't happened to my knowledge, which it did not happen, which is, is, which is great. 
So moving over to our YouTube replies, it's actually kind of funny. <laughs> the only YouTube reply we got to the community question is from Young Mac. They said, updated comment from my Spotify comment. New rate is fun. Did one run and golly, I had a good time. <laughs> you absolutely love to see that. You absolutely love it. Um, Young Mac, thank you. <laughs> Young Mac was the only one who came to the Achievement Diary Kate party that I didn't announce and didn't technically have. Uh, I just said that I'm done with the Achievement Diary Cape, and he was there at Twiggy O'Corn with oh. his, uh, the big the big Easter bulwark door, whatever it was, yeah. kicking the shit out of a out of a Black Knight. So, shout out yeah. to you, Young Mac. Thanks for thanks for coming. I guess it wasn't a party, but thanks for coming, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> that is it for the community question. Thank you to everyone who did answer. If you'd like to answer this week's question, it will be, who is your favorite TOA boss? Answer down in the community question section on Spotify or the pinned comment on YouTube. I believe now, Oxy, it is your turn to take over. Oh, you know it is, baby. It is Achievement of the Week. We have had an entire week since the last episode, or since the last recording, anyways. It feels like it's going to be a lot longer, because we released early for Tuesday. Uh, Which, side note, also made me really happy uh, when I sent the notification out that we're releasing uh, two days early, and people, like, lost their minds in the Discord. That was really really satisfying as a content creator to see, so shout out to you guys. Because you did say, I have bad news. There will not be an episode on Thursday. <laughs> and then you hit him with, because it's coming on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, and that was that was really cool to see how excited people got for that. Oh, yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, it is time for Achievement of the Week. Uh, you guys didn't hear it, but we had to take a little bit of a break there because my allergies are trying to kill me here on this fine Sunday evening. But kicking things off in the miscellaneous question mark category of Achievement of the Week, we're, we're getting going uh, with some quest capes here. So, Magmorpheus earned his first quest cape congratulations z walker 76 with his first quest cape as well and c bert with his first quest cape after 17 years he says finally after 17 years i got the quest cape better late than never never brother and i lied the last quest cape is actually lucid 719 congratulations to you on your quest cape as well that was like today i think i yeah, think like finished the kingdom divided and got that uh, <laughs> got that today so Moving into some of the more miscellaneous goals, Hadadbod did Dragon Slayer 2, Monkey Madness 2, and Song of the Elves within like two days of one another. Having done that exact same grind, that's a lot of questing. Holy shit. Uh, Additionally, Caper 68, which she does not sell infernal capes by the way, for, for people outside of, <laughs> of the clan. The term caper generally refers to someone who sells Infernal Capes. She does not sell them, but she did complete Dragon Slayer 2, so congratulations. Uh, and then Young Mac, again, at Achievement of the Week, coming in with 2K total with no 99s, which I just think is weird and impressive. So keep. I want to see how far you can get. Can you get to 22, 50, whatever, without getting a 99? Probably not because you just won't be able to do combat ever. Um, but you know, who knows? I, I literally think mathematically getting to ninety-eight attack strength defense magic prayer would give you ninety-nine hit points, period. Uh-huh. Unless you do some like stupid, you know, I'm training strength at blast furnace because I'm not getting hit points experience. Right. Like unless you do something stupid like that, you're you're probably just gonna get it outright. But in any case, looking forward to that first ninety nine. Speaking of ninety nines, we're gonna move into the skilling category. Kicking things off, we have 
Mr. Thal? Merthal? Not entirely sure how you pronounce that. But 99 Agility. Also, two Rings of Endurance from Hollow Sepulcher uh, from 92 to 99. That's gross. That's a lot of money. Congratulations. We have Doombar with 99 Crafting. Some of these, like, you know, frequent flyers on the list here are flying through some of these 99s, though. Holy... Airdan with 99 magic on a fire surge at Lumbridge Cows. Congratulations. <laughs> we have Riverwolf with his first ever 99, 99 hit points. Call me biased, but the untrimmed hit points cape looks the best. That was also my first 99. We have Skalaxon with the double kill, 99 magic, and 99 runecrafting in the exact same run, which is always pretty impressive as well. And I think that about rounds out the skilling category. So now we get into combat. As always, we have a set of first fire capes, which you guys know we love to shout out. RIP the YouTube people who I'm not looking at directly, uh, but I'm looking over here for. Um, <laughs> Submediant got his first fire cape the other night. That was one I was in, I was in Discord for. Uh, he wouldn't stop making dad jokes and then got really quiet and then saw the notification that he got a fire cape. <laughs> and we're like, oh, my God, because I don't think we were paying attention to what he was doing. I think we were helping you do Corrupted Gauntlet, actually. Oh, really? And then he was just like, oh, my God, I got it. And, and then and then the clan system <laughs> notification popped up. So I love being in VC with people when they get their first their first cape. Speaking of first fire capes, of course, we have more because that's like our thing in this clan. You know, for, for a host who can't get a cape out of the Tazar area to save his life, we do love first fire capes. Holy shit. I can't wait for the end of the year survey like we did last year, where we just count up the amount of first fire capes in the year. Yes, that's going to be so much fun, dude. King Roglo got his first fire cape as well. And nice. then I want to say we cap off with GIM Kami, who got his today, otherwise known as Okami Damashi from, uh, from the Patreon, got his today as well so congratulations to the first fire capers i know we had a first zalra kill earlier in the cc but for the life of me i don't remember who got it hmm. you know it's a first zalra kill because the zalra scales pop up as a collection log oh. item for people uh so it, it was just after i got my diary cape at like probably six o'clock on sunday so if you got your first zalra kill in the clan at about six o'clock on sunday the 28th let us know but congratulations to you and I want to say Skalaxon making a second appearance with his first ever Gauntlet KC. All of those of you who did Tombs of a Mascot, congratulations. And I, I mean that in from every sense of like you've never raided before, hard mid-game, early late game, you barely have the trifecta. Dude, somebody, I think it was, I don't know who in the CC the other day, I think it was Baxley, said he had to sell his blowpipe to buy a lance for Vorkath. Uh, and he's like, nobody tell Oxy. And the CC was like, don't worry, Oxy's raiding. But I had just finished a raid when I saw that. I'm like, bad time to admit a sin like that in the CC, <laughs> brother. And he's like, oh, shit. Um, but he was able to buy his blowpipe back with loot from Vorkath. Oh, hey, so there you go. That's that's a decent trade-off. Hell keep yeah. Your, keep your damn trifectas. It's called so, a rebuild, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I would call it Lance. I mean, yeah, you can call it Lance a rebuild. But in any case... <laughs> Whether you completed it because it's your first raid ever and you went in with a bunch of friends and you learned it for the first time, the, the voice chats in TNL were popping off. They're still day. popping off. We like, took to pictures. this day. <laughs> yeah, no, people have not left VC. I have not seen an empty uh, voice chat since six o'clock in the morning on Wednesday. People mm -hmm. have been going ballistic for TOA. If it's your first raid, 
congratulations. If you did a solo entry mode after never having soloed a raid, like I did, for example, congratulations to you. If you're out there cracking off 310 solo expert modes because you like the challenge and you are, you're ready for whatever the raid has to throw at you and you're turning up the heat no matter what, congratulations to you. Like I said, Jesse, congratulations to you because I'm pretty sure you're the only one in the clan who's done that so far. <laughs> but regardless of what level you completed TOA, congratulations. It is a brand new raid. And seeing all of the completions in levels and achievements has been super cool because this isn't something we would have been able to see. I think the first chambers took people like six hours because yeah. nobody knew how the puzzles worked and nobody knew how the boss fight worked. The first theater of blood took like half a day and it was like, a, you know, game wide phenomenon. Go watch the videos of the amount of spectators that are watching them do the final fight oh, against yeah. Verzik because you can you can spectate a fight. Beyond the this raptors. has been, <laughs> yeah, they're all up and they're all up in the stands cheering for you. Um, <laughs> no, it has been so much fun to to watch people get these completions. So if you're someone out there, you know, not a very super skilled PVMer, and this is your first one, congratulations. Or like I said. If you're a grandmaster, congratulations on, you know, your first first completion as well. And here's to many more, because holy shit, this is going to be the best content in the game. You know, I don't want to quite say Tob who, but like, I might never go back to Chambers again. Outside of combat achievements, I might never go back to Chambers again, man. Holy, holy TOA. I beg to differ. I think at some point in your life, you'll get to where you're doing CM solos. Just to have like the the dust and the recolors, so I think you'll go there someday. Oh, don't worry, I'll be back, but I'm not gonna have fun. Oh, <laughs> I'm gonna go for combat achievements. The only time I think I'll ever have fun in chambers is if it is like we did with the learner night last weekend, yeah. where it's just like absolute tomfoolery. You know, it's like someone makes it their job to try to fill the chest with vials of water. Like that, th those are fun raids for me where people somebody, don't take it seriously. Somebody makes it their job to drop every single one. Yeah, drop a tile, drop one on every single tile. Like that right there, those are when chambers are fun. Any sort of like, hey, let's go raid to make money. I might never go back to chambers of Zarek again, period. Yeah. I swear to God. Combat achievements and fun with the boys, which are the exact opposite ends of the spectrum for me because holy shit, the chamber CAs are going to be horrible for me. But this could be a topic for an entirely, like an entire episode. But like, what is the implications of combat achievements when it comes to TOA? Are they going to remove helms from people? they're gonna be they're taking help just like quest capes i'm not gonna have my jad slayer helm when those come out the combat achievements are gonna be cracked yeah they're gonna be we've been playing around with it jamie and i've been running a couple duos and we've been speculating what some of the achievements are gonna be mm. Ooh, i can't wait but that wraps up achievement of the week for this week again if you achieve something awesome Send it to our Discord, Levels and Achievements. Come join the TNL Discord. It is in the link in the link tree description. Uh, in the link tree link in the link. Lots of links. They're in the description down below. I don't know which order they're all in, but uh, there's one there where you can join the Discord. It's okay, it's Michael. We recovered. One. We're flawless. <laughs> um, we can, we, you can join from there. Just come hang out Just with us. Like I said, 
V yeah, look in the description. Don't listen to me. Uh, VC has been off the chain. So if you want to be social, don't want to be social, come share your achievements, come share your drops, come share your, you know, funny things that happened to you earlier today. For example, I posted in our funny channel that I met a guy on my group Iron Man that is called TNL Jaddy. His group Iron Man was little Jaddy or Lil Jaddy or whatever it was spelled exactly the same. And I did the, the, like the chop chop special from our dragon picket or dragon ax. And he's like, wait a minute. What? <laughs> and I'm like, huh? I'm like, there's no way we have the same name. That's awesome. Uh, and he, he's like looking up the group and things like that. So that's just, we have fun in discord. Come hang out with us. Cause that's truly the most satisfying part of the podcast is the community that we have built around it. And I think achievements and community questions and patrons aside, it's finally time for what the people really care about. Hell yeah. The fun question. The fun question. So this one actually comes to you straight from OG Scuba. And I just want to give a big, mm -hmm. big shout out to OG Four postcards for oh you God, YouTube so much, people. So much content. Four postcards. Actually, there's just one fun question because all well, of them say, thanks for XP Waste. Thanks for XP Waste. Thanks for XP Waste. And then on the last one, it has the fun question. But hell yeah. I, I don't fault anybody. If you send four postcards and you only put one fun question, four fun questions, that would be incredibly hard. Mm -hmm. um, he sent it. It in is. A, in Let a me whole tell you. Envelope. It is. Like an entire envelope. So I, I had fun opening that up. But OG Scuba coming in with the fun question. I already read what they said. They said, thank you for XP Waste. And you're welcome. You're very welcome. Uh, well, actually, let's get into where these are from. So we got Buffalo Bill from Colorado, Lookout Mountain. We got, I wasn't looking at the screen. You said Buffalo Bill. I went, there's no way he sent a silence of the lambs postcard. Continue. <laughs> That's I'm thinking of the wrong guy. Never mind. <laughs> we got the Red Rocks Theater, which is absolutely gorgeous. I believe also in Colorado. Um, we have Golden, Colorado. It's a nice little aerial shot. And then rounding it out, good old Denver, Colorado. Nice uh, shot of the cityscape. And there's Oxy's uh, reflection. <laughs> so are you ready for this fun question, Oxy? Okay. So he says, hey, XP Waste, you're tasked with making a new city. Which IRL city do you take your inspiration from? Thank you, OG Scuba, for the fun question. I read this and I started to think about it and I didn't put much thought into it, but there is so much potential for this question. So much potential. You are tasked with creating a new city for old school RuneScape, completely new area. You have to take inspiration from an IRL place. Where do you take inspiration from? The problem with what I have to say is I'm very much limited to like what I've seen in movies and what I've seen on the internet because your boy hasn't traveled much. Like I've been to a handful of States and I've not been outside of the country. So as far as actual cities, it, it, it's not happening for me, but um, I do have an answer. And if you want to go first, you can, or I can go first. Uh, how about you go first? Okay. Okay. So it's not going to be a very big city, but one thing that I think would be really cool is you know how they have those like those like resorts where they just build little little huts in the middle of the water and like you just walk on a bridge. Yeah. So 
I think an entire city out in the middle of the ocean, but on a raised little platform where you have like fishing spots and stuff, but most of the city is like these rope bridges or mm-hmm. or these underwater tunnels that you can you can see underwater. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're walking around and then, you know, there's I don't know what you would put in the city, but it could just be more residential. Um, but there could be a whole agility course where part of it is swimming and part of it is like underwater tunnels and you have to jump on top of the houses, uh, walk across rope bridges. Um, but that that's that's the concept just out in the middle of the ocean. I don't know. How, how would you get there? That's I guess that's something I didn't even consider. If it's in the middle of the ocean, the boat, but uh, if it's just offshore, I think that might actually be even better. If it's like it's in the ocean, but it's just offshore, you can still kind of walk there from a bridge from the mainland. Um, that would be pretty cool. Uh, the attractions I mean, you would see, I mean, fishing, probably fishing. If they added sailing, though, oh, as far as getting there, you could always take inspiration off of uh, Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire. Uh, the good old Pacific Log Town. I did have to look it up because I forgot the name of the town, but you have to surf there on a Pokemon to get Ooh. there because it's in the middle of the ocean. So you could do something like that where you have to like manually get there yourself. I don't know. That's but. cool. That's cool. Like you, you click on a spot and, and it's it, like you see your character like swimming in the ocean and you're maxed, mm-hmm. maxed melee gear and you're not sinking for some reason. You're yeah. wielding your scythe. <laughs> Torva is surprisingly <laughs> buoyant. <laughs> Yep, so that's my city. What would it be named? Hmm, that wasn't part of the question, but I think that's one to think about. Okay, I'm, I'm going to think about a name, and I'm going to let you go. Mm-hmm. What do you got? What do you got? So, unlike Michael, I've done a shitload of traveling. I've seen a lot of cities, been to a lot of countries, been to quite a few states. You know, I, I like going places. I like uh, traveling. If you hear the background noise, I apologize. My cat is attacking. Um the window because she sees the bugs oh nice <laughs> uh, but interestingly enough i don't think i'm going to base it off of any of those cities i'm going to base it on a city in michigan that i have spent a shitload of time in uh i'm going to base it on east lansing hmm. so for those of you who have never been to east lansing uh, if you have been go green by the way um if you've never been to east lansing east lansing is a university surrounded by a city so let's say you have a a cube here that is the college and then on all four sides of it are residential areas restaurants apartment buildings supermarkets things like that east Mm -hmm. lansing is more of like a very obtuse kind of shape like that the Mm -hmm. michigan state is rather that kind of obtuse shape so it's not like specifically a cube but you get the idea um and i want to do that because i think this game as a as a medieval mmo we need a college we need we really need a college of something think of you know um skyrim you have the college of winterhold think of any other medieval game you've played where there's like guild hubs that are more than just like you know oh the woodcutting guild has trees in it which like makes sense it is the woodcutting guild runescape is a rather simple game but taking a lot of inspiration from the elder scrolls games look at the thieves guild where you can go in and buy and sell various items and you can talk and get contracts to steal things look at the dark brotherhood 
uh, where you can go and get uh, assassination contracts, things like that. There's a lot of like really cool. There's there's a big potential for guilds. Mm-hmm. The issue with a guild or the issue with a college in old school RuneScape. What needs a college? What of the twenty three skills need a college? There's two different routes you can take. The first is a slayer college, quote unquote, where people are learning to PVM and it's a good way to bring entry level PVMers in as well as high level PVMers. I recently watched a um a Josh Strife Hayes video uh and he talks about how MMORPGs struggle. You know, RuneScape is an example of a game that struggles to invite new players in to do the content that people who play the game a lot love doing right Mm -hmm. if i told my neighbor or my friend or my roommate you know or someone i match with on hinge or bumble you should play old school runescape theater of blood is the most enjoyable group content i have had prior to tombs of a mascot that is a very different level of of commitment Mm. Like it took me like two and a half years to get to Theater of Blood, and then it took me another six months to get good enough at Theater of Blood where I wasn't tilting every time I stepped into Varus and Haza because there's just hours of early game grind. So maybe the Slayer College is something like like an introductory scalable raid where multiple people of multiple skill levels can go on that isn't going to get like swept over, you know, it's not going to be like max mage at barrows like we said earlier but it's not going to be fazani's nightmare out of the gate like Mm -hmm. it's going to be a nice introduction that is fun and scalable for other people i understand the resounding answer is just go to tombs of a mascot but maybe something else designed like tombs of a mascot as far as accessibility with the with this slayer college the other example is add a new skill Maybe add an artisan skill. Maybe add the bard skill. Maybe add something that would need this university setting where people from all over the continent can get together and share knowledge about one specific topic. I think having some sort of college here would be super cool. What would be around it? You know, because like like I said, East Lansing is a college surrounded by a city, right? Maybe you have your skilling training hubs inside the city itself well let's say it's an artisan one you know maybe you have a furnace and an anvil and maybe you have a spinning wheel or something like that or maybe an element of a new skill that we've not seen before you know maybe there's just just things like that maybe there's like fun little dialogue you turn in items kind of like in Dorgishkan to get xp Mm -hmm. things like that with the bones and then outside is where you have you know, your bank deposit box, your bank, your pull booth. Maybe you have a general store on the outside. Maybe you have some armorers or some like crafting shops or something like that. Maybe a rune store where like the, the merchant area is kind of on the perimeter and the interior is more skill centered. And what I frankly would like to see that I think is super cool that they've done with some place, some places like Hasidius and Shazian is let's just see some more filler area. Let's just see some more residential, you know, let's see like, what does a real city look like? It doesn't have to be maximum XP per hour functional. You know, I would also like a river to run through the city at the dead center, the the, the city and the university, because that's also how East Lansing is laid out. There's the, uh, the Red Cedar River runs through the middle. Um, Let's have it just 
look cool. Let's make it look like a city. Maybe there is a massive living complex somewhere that doesn't offer anything besides NPCs to talk to. Let's give it some life. Let's have named NPCs. Let's go off of Birthorp and Prifdinis where like people have personality. Mm-hmm. You know? Where you would stick it in the land, I'm not entirely sure. Um as far as the name of the city, I think Beale would be good. I know Beale City exists. I think it exists in Michigan, frankly. Um, Beale, and for no other reason than B is my cat's name. And <laughs> I can't think of another name for anything, and I don't know what else B would go with. You could just call it B. Who knows? Beington, uh, Three Colored Monsterville. I don't know, but I like Beale. I'm sticking with Beale. Beale College and Bealeville. I don't know. It's whatever. Uh, so, yes, named after my cat based around Beautiful. the university that I attended and loved very dearly. So, yeah, that's a good question. That's fun. Love that's it. a lot of fun. Uh, one thing I want to see more of that they don't do often. It, you know, this is a very small example, but like how you go to. So with in within Hosidius, you have the range. And you have the one NPC that's going from the bank to the range. It's just mm-hmm. doing the skilling thing. Um, I would love to see more of that. Like, you, you could have had it within Priftinus. Like, you could have had NPCs that were taking things to an anvil, smithing them, and then walking back to another house. Mm-hmm. Like, you could just have NPCs that are doing the mundane tasks that characters are doing so that, like, you're not freaking... Like, if you go in a 2200 world and you're 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 in a remote place like you're not the only person there because if you yeah. go to any 2200 total world there's like maybe 70 or 80 people chances uh-huh. that you see another human being very slim <laughs> um so and even even you bring up a good example like the guy who walks in and out of Varak with the the, the cart, cart and the guards yeah. are like oh yeah have a good day blah 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 and like you can have special interactions if you yeah. kill all the guards he'll be like oh god not again they're all dead <gasps> like there's special like little easter egg interactions there things like that make these cities feel alive and thriving mm-hmm. and that is you know something that MMORPGs and old school RuneScape specifically have struggled with in the last couple of years because while the content updates have been really good like this place as a whole as a fantasy realm doesn't feel very real and doesn't feel very like i can't get engulfed in it you know right if that makes sense which i think is a bit of an unfair criticism of taken out of context because we have quests we have bosses there's a lot of like you know it tombs of a masket again if you complete the raid the first time you do it, you'll talk to all four of the demi bosses, and then you'll meet a masket, and then you'll meet Osmumpton for the very first time, mm. and you'll get exclusive dialogues in your first KC. Afterwards, you can talk to those demigods outside of the raid, and then ask them a bunch of questions, who they are, where they came from, what they're doing, and then you can say, well, what are we doing now? And they'll say... We have to prepare for whatever a mask it has next, and then they'll leave. And it's cool because, like, I am the lore whore that I am. I'm like, ooh, I want people to talk to. Turns out you get a 50k combat XP lamp for doing that with just engaging with the world around you. Not skilling, not PVMing. 
engaging with the world around you, exploring, having conversations, something mm -hmm. that makes the fantasy RPG element of RuneScape really thrive in such a way. Yeah. You know, there's a reason why when you play a game like Skyrim or The Witcher, you talk to everybody because they offer you a lot. There's no incentive to do that in RuneScape. And I think you're yeah. right. Adding like NPCs, just like doing shit. Yeah. around the town will add to that kind of feeling of immersion and just make it feel more alive you know like they did it in sepulcher and i think it's brilliant um you have different those threw me off so yeah. much with the people talking <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's like i just can't clear it like it's it's fun and engaging and they could do it with more places like i'm in ardoin right now all you see are guards and the people in the houses are just your standard, like, man and woman NPCs. There, there must be martial law in Ardoyan. I don't think I've ever seen a single citizen in that market, <sighs> ever. Ardoyan is under constant martial law. Yeah. Like, nobody is out and about. So, it would be cool, like, if they even added special dialogue to merchants. Because I don't know, like, if you talk to this guy, talk to the fur trader, he's like, what can I do for you? And you're like, would you like to buy a fur? Yes. But what if you just got into, hey, where do you come from? Where do you get your first? Like, just more things to do within the game. It mm. would be XP waste, and that's why I think we like it. But I think more people would be engaged with this big old open server that we have where maybe you're walking from Catherby over to Sears Village. And three or four times a day, somebody walks with, like, somebody walks there and, like, you get special dialogue. If you catch them, that would be really cool because odds are 5,600 hours within this game, I'm probably going to see them a handful of times and I can get to that, you know, that point in the dialogue and maybe you learn something about RuneScape's history. Yeah, maybe they throw maybe, in facts. I think you know? That's just got to be the key to the whole thing. It doesn't have to be like you guys have to, all right, now on this step of the Osiris guide, you have to sit in between Varrock and Falador and wait for Jenny and her two dogs to walk by. Because if it's only one dog, you're not going to get the item you need. Or you're not going to get the lamp you need. So you have to wait for her two dogs to come by. And in the meantime, while you're there, you should do all this stuff and fletch all these darts and make sure it's maximum XP. Just make sure it's like just something to do. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know, here's another little tidbit from Raids 3 that I guarantee you maybe like five of you have done. Use the camulet on the banker. Just use the camulet on the bank camel. See what happens. Just do it, right? Fun ways to engage with the world. But overall, this has been a fun, fun question. Yeah. We had a fun episode, yeah. Appreciate a very it. positive outlook, especially, like I said, after the... After the recording we did for the Wilderness podcast, where I was just like, yeah, this sucks. I feel like that was my entire like TLDR for that whole episode. But <laughs> go check that episode out as well. Um, it is episode 220 of the Wilderness podcast. 220 or 221. I listened to it today for the life of me. Don't remember what the number was. But go check it out. Fact it is check ourselves super right cool. Yeah. 220. <laughs> 220. Yeah. Definitely worth a listen. Yeah. You know. Shout out to Dills who texted us the night before. It was like, hey, what are you doing tomorrow morning? Like, I'm doing a podcast with you. So mm -hmm. you may see us more on the Wilderness Podcast as he just needs random hosts to fill in. But that was fun. Thank you, Dills. Yeah. All right, guys. Like I said, it's a good time to wrap this episode up. Thank you so much if you got to this point in the episode. We appreciate you so much. You know what's coming. It's all the stuff we ask you to do. So 
subscribe on YouTube, drop a comment, leave whatever like you can like. Um, it helps us out. It helps us out, you know? Find everything you need in the description. If you're looking for all of the rest of the audio links, if you want to hear our, you know, if you just want to hear our voice rather than see us or vice versa, we have the YouTube link in the com- in the description as well. Find that there. Follow Oxy and I on Twitch. He has been streaming quite a quite a bit more yeah, than he twice did. Twice in a week. That's <laughs> like week. two times more than I have for the entire year. Holy. And stream for nine hours on one of those days, which is absolutely insane. Um I yeah, didn't. Though, that's only a content release day thing. That's not a regular thing. <laughs> Don't get used to me. Don't get used to me doing that. But <laughs> anyway, follow us on Twitch. Um, buy our merch, xpwaste.shop. Join our Patreon, patreon.com slash xpwaste. Actually, I think that is it. I'm going to send these folks off. Guys, we will see you guys next week. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.